Welcome to the motherfucking podcast, episode number 36. I'm Aaron Howell. Hey, I'm Tony Lee. Uh, this is the official podcast of the Rock Combo. It's also the only podcast. The only podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be fooled by imitators. <laughs> all those, all those fan casts out there. All those bullshit imposter casts out there. This is the only one that's the real deal. The one and only official podcast of the world-renowned Rock Combo. Motherfucking ruckus from Denver and Chicago, respectively. Uh, uh, hold one moment for this short chronic break. Oh, yeah. That's a new pipe. That's a freshly clean one from last night. Oh, it's a freshly clean pipe. Oh. Yeah, a little rubbing alcohol on the pipe cleaner. Yeah. In like five minutes of effort. Yeah, be careful. You end up with a Richard Pryor situation. <laughs> I think I'll be all right. Yeah. Where the, the vapors from the rubbing alcohol blow up inside your mouth and set your face on fire. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. Uh, we love that about you. Yeah. We love that about you. Man, we've been killing it on episodes, by the way. What do you mean? Just like the, the content of the last few episodes has been really good. Like, I just posted episode 35 today. Which was really funny. We talk about Bohemian Rhapsody, and and dude, there are some very, very I, funny I like moments. that you're stroking yourself on the podcast that strokes itself about its own band <laughs> that you're in. Well, dude, I'm just saying, like, I'm proud of us. Yeah. You know, like, I've been listening back and to... And not, like, not only the band you're proud of, you're especially proud of you <laughs> for let, showing listen, up and doing hey, this. Hey, listen, Jack. I've got to pat myself on the back. I've got to pat you on the back. Because when I look at social media, all I get is depressed. Because it's just like, you know how we were talking? Well, mostly it's because, like, you remember on the on episode 34 with, uh, with Jason Gordon, oh, a.k.a. Yeah. Gordon Leadfoot, um, when we were talking about the Spotify comparison stuff? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I am really trying to break a... Um, a toxic habit, and it's something that I've been that I've been working on because I am just now kind of coming out of a bit of a of a, a bit of a slump because of the toxic habit of social comparison. And I got together. Well, that's what with, happens when we don't get together for two weeks I, at a time? Well, well, and I got together. I got together with Josh Finley recently to go over layout for the new record because he's going to be putting together the new record. I'm going to tell you about that later in the news set section. I totally forgot about it. Yeah, you didn't I, tell me shit. Oh, dude. It, Finley and I sat down oh, and we started the, planning the, the, the album. The pictures are not his. The pictures that you sent me are, are No, those are, those are Jake's sketches from the comic. comic. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later. But Finley and I were talking about... Because really music is a secondary thing for Josh. Like, he doesn't have too much of his ego wrapped up in music because his whole world is making art. You know what I mean? And to be frank, Josh is a pretty unflappably confident guy. Like, just straight up. But we were kind of talking about my experience and the experience that a lot of his friends have talked to him about, about just, like, getting really down on themselves you know, when you go on social media and you're seeing, like, this happens on a personal level with people who are constantly watching other people's personal highlight reel. But I think, I don't know if people who aren't in bands or entrepreneurs or artists, I, I think that they don't, they may not, they may not necessarily understand 
what it's like when you extrapolate that on the level of being a musician, being an artist, whatever. You know what I mean? Where you're looking at the highlight reel of someone else's career. Yeah. Not just like them, like, you know, posting selfies of here I am on the beach in a fabulous vacation. It's like when you see bands that are like, hey, we just signed to this label, or hey, we're doing this tour, or hey, we got this show, or uh, we're doing this in the studio, and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. It's really easy to start making comparisons of where that band is and where you're at. You know what I mean? And I kind of I kind of just came out of this. Yeah, cut it out. Yeah. Well, dude, that's, that's like why I'm like being very deliberate with my social media time right now like uh what, what's your structure okay so like <laughs> oh, I, you have a structure oh no i totally do okay, i had I like I, I had this uh i heard this one uh piece of advice this little sound bite it's like be creative before you're reactive is uh, is the way it is and like what i tried to do and these are my best days so what i tried to do is not even get on into email or social media or uh, like not check anything until after I've done my work for the day. So like, for example, today I picked up my phone when I turned off the alarm, but that's it. I put my phone in my pocket. I left. I went to the coffee shop on my way in here, did my journaling for the day, did my planning for what I was going to do. And then I came here and even though I got on Facebook, I only got on to post the motherfucking Monday video for the week. I got onto YouTube and and made the video live and did a bunch of the work that needed to be done. That's I good. I did a um, I did a live cast on uh, on Patreon. They were doing kind of a uh, they were doing a tutorial of a new thing that they're rolling out, which I'm gonna talk about later in the news section. And like uh, I, I did all my work for the day first. And then, you know, I really quickly Checked like the top few things in the feed and checked messages and, and and checked a few things, but tried not to obsess about numbers and likes and all that bullshit. Man, I'm such a caveman compared to that. I, I just downloaded Instagram last night out of curiosity. <laughs> You've got a profile and on And Laura Instagram. told me the same thing. She's like, yeah, your name's Red Spaghetti. And I was like... And I, and I remembered that I made, named myself Red Spaghetti because I... Could, you didn't I, want anyone to find it because no one could spell spaghetti. Exactly what You'd think. I thought nobody could spell spaghetti. <laughs> so it was, What's something nobody could spell? Spaghetti. Yeah. So nobody could spell spaghetti, therefore nobody could find me. And... Uh, yeah, so so when I downloaded it, it's like it logged me back in, and there's all these people, the pictures that I knew, but oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't think I like it. Dude, I, I tagged you in a bunch of stuff. I like I like Instagram more, in some ways. I like it because it's just pictures. But what I don't like about it is, to me, it just increases the rate at which you're able to blow up your brain with other people's lives. See, see, I, I also use it a little differently. I mean, there's there is that too. But what I really like is going down the rabbit hole of videos. You know, like like going on YouTube or Reddit or something right. like that. That's that's what I if really like. If you want to do that, then I've got someone you should follow on Instagram. Follow. Um, well, I don't like just one person's thing either. Well, it's no, usually you, a mix, you know. You should follow Wooks doing things, <laughs> drunk people doing things. I've seen that. Stupid people doing things. Oh, like any of the people doing things channels on. Uh, I've seen that, but it's a, a lot of it's music too, you know. Yeah. You see a lot of like. 
I don't know, old concert footage, new concert footage, somebody's new album, just, you know, just a still with the song playing in the background. Right. All, all that shit. Right. And, and that's the thing is now that Instagram And then is, every once in a while, Mr. Bean pops in, which I think is, I don't know if that's everybody, but it definitely happens on my phone. <laughs> well, now that Instagram is run by Facebook, too, like, it's starting to get kind of bloated like Facebook did, too, where it's just a lot of advertising, and it's almost like... You get to a point where you're like following. What was it like? Live Journal swelled up, fucking went down. Not a very big swell, and then MySpace blew up, bigger swell, then burst. It gets bloated, and then it and goes then Facebook down. even bigger. So that you know, there's something else coming. Do you think Facebook's circling the drain? Probably not. I mean, it's possible. I mean, and I, just like all the others, you know, Facebook has really got a good grip, though a really fucking good grip. It's like they fi- like they saw all the prototypes happen, and it seems like they really kind of they've figured got it out. a lot of they've got a good grip, but there are the people are leaving the platform in mass. But, but they already have them in other ways, then. Yeah, I mean they own Instagram. You know, Instagram is is a Facebook. Uh, Facebook bought it, um, but I, I don't know, man. I just people are really not liking the way the algorithms work. And uh, and also, it's um, there's a lot of bad stuff that is happening on a global level due to yeah. Facebook. Like, did you see the shit that happened? Um, we may have talked about this in another episode. We may not have. But did you see the stuff that happened in uh, in Myanmar with like the the like uh, anti-Islamic fucking like. Um, attacks and shit like that that happened and were orchestrated by hate groups in in Myanmar. Like, no. dude, it's look it up. It's pretty fucking crazy. Like, and and it was basically they didn't have. Okay, so there's people that like view the content on Facebook. This, by the way, is why we can't create Facebook ads for Motherfucking Monday this season. Like, I haven't been able to create a Facebook ad, and so our views are, like, way down, and not as many people are seeing our videos this season because of this, and I'll tell you what it is. So, so basically, they have, they have people who are, like, content, um, you know, the, the, the community standards yeah. uh, people, where, the board, their, where their whole job is to screen content, right? Facebook police. Yeah, the Facebook police, right? And if something is deemed to be hate speech... They'll take it down or right. they'll flag you or, or whatever. So we have in English speaking countries, there are thousands of those people on staff, right? In Myanmar, I want to say, and I'm not even sure what language they, Burmese or whatever. I think it's Burmese. Yeah. Whatever language it is that they speak out there. Um, because I think Myanmar is also Burma. I think so. I could be wrong. I don't know, man. I, I could be wrong. But uh, Burmese, like the language that they speak down there, there's like something like only eight um, content reviewers on Facebook. Hmm. So this stuff, so there's a, a limited number of people who understand the language. So stuff just kind of was slipping by more easily. And so some like really aggressive hate speech that and, and like a like group, like a hate group gathering was able to assemble because of the lack of understanding of the the language of the area. Does that make sense? Yeah. So because of that, they have really tightened up their standards and they aren't letting anything slip by anymore. 
like, I don't know, you've probably seen people posting about it, but like Facebook has like tightened its restrictions on, on stuff that you say like dramatically, way more than hmm. they ever did. We haven't been able to promote any of the motherfucking Monday videos because every single episode says, welcome to motherfucking Monday at hmm. the beginning of it. And so uh, anytime we try to, like, push an ad through, it automatically gets denied. I, I even stopped trying to put them out. So well, I guess it hasn't slowed down my Mr. Bean and Roy Clark videos. <laughs> Tons of Roy Clark videos coming up, man. Hey, rest in peace, Roy Clark. Yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah, man. He was pretty great. Did, did, didn't him and uh, Jerry Reed do a little jamming together? Isn't there some videos of that stuff out? I don't well? think so. Not that I've seen. Speaking of amazing guitar players... And speaking of um, areas of the world with a with a torn history, with a with a colorful history, you what were you in, getting on about. You were in New Orleans recently. Oh yeah, New Orleans was fucking tight. What was it like? It was cool, man. Um, I went down there kind of looking for some blues stuff. You know, we went down there and played a show. Right. But I'd never been to New Orleans, so I really wanted to go there and look for some blues stuff. And this was your first time in my New first time in New Orleans, mm-hmm. not in Louisiana, but the first time in New Orleans. I played a uh, blues festival when I was a little kid, like down in Louisiana. Down in Louisiana, close to New Orleans. What? So, so what did? So, what were some of the highlights of your New Orleans trip? Well, I, when I went out looking for the, those blues clubs, um, I found like the strip that you know the Frenchman Quarter and all the sh- all the uh, what Bourbon Street and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were very like, I don't know. It was just like very normal. Normal shit you see, like, in any main blues club on any main strip in anywhere in the country, you know? It was not. It was nothing that really, like, set it apart. I figured that, like, Louisiana had, like, their own flavor, their own style down there. This, like, right. You know? And eventually I did find it, but they were all horn bands with, like, two drummers. And one drummer playing a, a snare, one drummer playing, like, a big bass that they hit, you know, from the side. Like a, like a marching what do band they, drum. What do they call that? Those are called... Um, there's a name for them. I don't know. This is a marching band drum. The, the like the like little the little parade groups, right? There's called a parade. It, no, it's called a something line. It's called a um, chorus line. No. <laughs> what is it called? We'll look Jump it up in the line. No, we'll look at we'll look it up on the break. But they have a specific name. In fact, there is a division of the police department that just uh, deals with the licensing and. Um, and escorts of those lines because hmm. you can base you can hire one out for anything. Yeah, Hannibal Burris does this whole bit where he talks. I, about, I saw one. I saw one for a wedding while I was there. Dude, you can hire them out for like really cheap. It was cool. Like Hannibal Burris talks about just hiring one out to follow him around <laughs> while he's in New Orleans, and fucking he talks about meeting with the police department, like the city of New Orleans That's police great. department, and like That's a Chicago their guy. process of going through it. Like it's something like totally unique to New Orleans that they do. I'll, I'll look up it's the name very, of it. Very very cool. But anyway, um, I ended up finding uh, one bar and then found a parade of like this horn band, you right. know. And what was super interesting to me is usually. When you're playing, it seemed like the drummers are the ones that would hold it down, you know? Like, either the, the snares, like, a, a very constant, uh, you know, on a two and a four or wh- whatever it's going to be, but it's constant. Or maybe the the kick drum's doing it. And these guys who are standing up, they're, they're, there's a snare player and just the marching band drum player. And it doesn't seem like any of them are playing, and neither of them are, like, the ones keeping the time. Right. 
they're not keeping the time. The drummer. Like, there's a, there's a snare player who's just... So what is the what is you know, the bass like drum? Very, ran, very random, and and the bass drum's kind of doing the same thing. He's just kind of like riffing on 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 a, on a bass drum, and then he's it, not doing like a four on the floor like no just nothing, like, nothing like that. It's like a lot of rolls going on, you know, and and there, and then there's like a little symbol that like he was playing with a screwdriver, <laughs> you know, the little symbol on top of the the, the, <laughs> the kick drum. But uh, I found out it was real interesting to me was the tuba player is the one that keeps the time. Oh, the t- yeah, I remember and, you telling and, me and, that. And the downbeat, and the, and the he, he's like the 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 main downbeat percussion and the rhythm, basically, that everybody's following. You, you know, Logan... And I thought that was super fucking interesting to watch. You know, Logan's first instrument was tuba. Yeah? And earlier this week, I was thinking it'd be really fun to do a song where, like... You play guitar, but do like kind of ragtime type of stuff, <laughs> and then Logan can play tuba, and I could play a little trumpet on it. You know, oh, right. I could make up a little ditty. I'm, I'm down. You know what I mean? Oh, oh! By the way, I looked it up. It's called a second line. Is what a it's second called. line? Yeah. It was very cool to see see that in action, like, um, in 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 the hometown of it. You know, right? It was very cool to see that, and gave me some ideas for how to go about writing a song. You know, I was like. Looking for some inspiration. Really, watching Second Lines gave you a uh, given. Yeah. See, notice how I say the name like I knew it all along. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Right? If no, you're just you, tuning like, in, Aaron knew that. Like, <laughs> just tuning in to Aaron knew that. Uh, so, watch. How would you say that, like, watching the Second Line perform? Uh, what like, the fuck is that? Oh, that's my phone going off. Oh, good job. That's Max Sutton from the Nug Nation that's calling me. I think so he butt dialed. Professional. It. Yeah. That's what you get when your name's A.A. Ron, right? Oh, dude, I get more pocket calls than anybody. Anytime I meet someone named Aaron, that's this, the first thing I say to him. A.A. Pocket dials, pocket am, dials I right? am I right? <laughs> Every time, and they're like, dude, right? It's the fucking worst. So how would you say second lines have, like, influenced you in terms of... I, I, haven't, I haven't written anything yet, but uh, I definitely want to write something that's, like, uh, bass-driven, ba- bass... Bass as the percussion. Right. Yeah. And then, I don't know, like, the drums can fuck off, I guess, you know? <laughs> but I want to write something just kind of ba- bass. I want to write something on the bass and then write the song around that. That's cool. That's, that's what gave me the idea. That's cool. Yeah. You know it would be a good idea for that? Doing it? Uh, well, no, no, no. You know, it, that would really <laughs> work sitting for down it? and stop procrastinating well, you, and fucking do it? You and I have talked about that song I wrote, um, We Make Fun. We Make Fun. That's supposed to... Hey, there he is. His Hi, Max. Not a butt dial. He just tried all. calling me. Oh, oh, did you get in? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you get in? <laughs> what kind of question is that? <laughs> what kind of fucking question is that? <laughs> well, he's in the window. That's if he was in. Did that you get window. in? No. No. This is a Still hologram. <laughs> Send keys. Well, dude, um, maybe maybe when we take a uh, after we're done with the pod, we should look up some videos of some second lines and get some ideas. That's a cool it's idea. very cool. But yeah, the rest of New Orleans was rad. We we played this show. Um, our our my, one of my buddies from high school, um, she hooked up the show for us down there, and they treated us very very well. We were outside in the parking lot, and it was very very cold for New Orleans, so people weren't really all about that. Right. But, uh, they enjoyed the shit out of us. Uh, and asked us if we'd come back in May, and absolutely we're going to come back. Oh, yeah. That's a good um, time to go out. Oh, it's, it's such a great town. And the architecture was 
incredible down there. Yeah. The architecture was amazing. Sarah loves it down there. It was. Did that, you go see any of the cemeteries? We saw the cemetery. Um, what is it called? St. Louis Number Two. Mm-hmm. We saw that one. Walked around. It's like the huge lot, you know. Sarah showed me pictures of a mastodon show she went to in New Orleans, and it's just like the building that it's in is, you know, all the buildings. Yeah. Th- it, like they, they still have gas lamps on a lot of the front porches down there. Dude, they're really one cool. of the they're one of the few like pre-colonial. Mm-hmm. Parts of the United States. Yeah, it's incredible. They they still have stuff from when the uh, Spanish ruled in like yeah. the 1500s. Oh yeah. So that was that was Th- especially that Spanish cool. French pre-colonial influence mm-hmm. is fucking man. It's that's, incredible. That's, and that's and that's the kind of music I was looking for down there. I was looking for I don't know some something that would have been a little more influenced by like Spanish and French and then America. You know something that. Kind yeah, of you guys only did the one show. We only did the one show. And you stopped at Sun Studios on your way down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we stopped at Sun Studios, and uh, they offer recording down there. You can record in the studio. And How I just, much is I, it? I just saw Ryan Chris do it, uh, the Rough Cuts do it, and it's uh, $200 an hour. I was like, man, go in there for a song, a couple hours, we'll bust it out, do that's, it live. That's what they told you, too, right? They're like, it's 200 bucks an hour, but really you only need two or three hours to— That's that's what they told us. They're like, they're like, you can do it in two hours if you want. We have gear here. Just bring in guitars and just go ahead and do it. That's be great. pretty fucking cool. And so we ended up not doing that, but uh, uh, Laura's family is now talking about taking a trip to Memphis to, like, do a song, like, family style. Do some. That's another one of those we talked about, like, band tourist traps, like oh, playing yeah. the Whiskey A Go-Go. They, 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 if you're in a band, if you trade them, for every guy that trades a shirt, you get a free Sun Studio shirt. You can take the tour. For really, free. You take the tour for free if you bring uh, an album with, with you. Really, yeah. that's cool, man. And they're like, "Do you want to take the tour?" We're like, "Nah, none of us want." <laughs> we had to, we had to kind of get going, and all of us have seen it already. Right, right. It was like the only thing I want to do in there is record. So, how do they make their money then? From bands? Yeah, like it, no, because there's there's plenty of fucking other tourists that aren't bands going there. Right. We when we showed up there, there was two buses outside full of tourists. Wow. Yeah. That's cool, man. Yeah, that's really cool. I think they had, yeah. a, they had a bitch in Helen Wolf shirt, Sun Studios Helen Wolf shirt, and I I almost got it. But I would I love to go down there. <laughs> the only thing that stopped me was going outside to get my own T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, once uh, again, laziness prevails. Yeah. Oh, maybe next time. Next time when it's closer. <laughs> no, but it's all the way out there. <laughs> oh, to be fair, the van was like three blocks away. But I didn't really care about the shirt that much, I guess. Oh, man. It was pretty cool, though. Yeah. If I, cool. if I really care, I'll just buy it on online for, like, 15, 20 bucks. Speaking of sun. Uh, sun? We've been sitting on this for fucking ever. We didn't bring it up last week? Or no, dude. We've been sitting on this for 20 weeks now. Oh, you know, you, you, I can guess what it is just by the way you say weeks. Just by the way I say and weeks. And not, not me guessing. This is dude, the audience guessing. I still... For those of you who don't know, I'm going to be a dad. Yeah, the three of you. (laughs) I'm going to be a dad. Yeah, buddy. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, what do you think? Dude, honestly. You've known for 20 weeks, though. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like I found out the day I found out, I think you were the first person I told. I thought you told a bunch of your coworkers first. (laughs) Um, No. No, I think you were the first person I told. Like— 
And I got in trouble. Hey, I kept that fucking shit a secret. I know you did. I didn't tell and, anybody. And I really appreciate that. But I got in, La- I got Laura, in trouble. I got in trouble later because Laura was like, she was the only one that didn't know out of all the wives. Yeah. Because you were because the, I kept a secret. You were officially the only guy in the whole band that can keep a fucking secret. <laughs> I'm proud of you, buddy. Um, see, only, like I said on the last episode, the you're a better person I'm, I'm than a, I am. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck it up from from now on. I couldn't even keep a secret. Like, and you I, asked me. I wouldn't me, tell you. The, uh, and here's the other thing: is the other guys spilled the beans, and then you still asked to spill the beans. You're like, I've got to tell Laura now, and I'm like, dude, please don't. And you were like. Fine. <laughs> like, you still kept your mouth shut. Yeah. Man, you're just a better person ne- than I am. Nini told her. You're just a better We're person. We're hanging out in the backyard, and and he's like, so the shit about Aaron with uh, Sarah? And Laura's like, what's going on? And I was like, I don't know. And Nini <laughs> goes, are you sure you don't know? I go, I definitely know. She goes, okay, I'm going to tell her. And she just went off and told uh, Laura. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, dude, I'm so... Sarah's just more private than I am. You know what I mean? I was just that ex- happened after your doctor visit too. I was just excited. Yeah. So I st- it still sat on it for. So we've been so we've been sitting on it. Uh, twenty weeks. Twenty weeks. And I mean, Sarah Sarah didn't want to say anything until we got that twenty week scan. Absolutely. We're like we know everything's okay. And uh, man, it, so in the twenty weeks since I found out. Um. I mean, I've been thrilled since the moment I found out. I know. I've been excited since oh, yeah. the moment I found out. There's been a lot of up and down, a lot of roller coaster emotions, you know, of like fear and worry and excitement and joy and the fifty, like, negative fifty and the zero. Oh yeah, yeah, all that, graph, all that talk. The, graph. That, the 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 hormone graph that the midwife showed me. Yeah, that was crazy. But it. But here's the thing. I read and research and study so much that it's annoying to my the the mother of my child who is like the one who's pregnant. And She's friends. Like, oh, dude! Like I am and friends. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm excited about it. I'm obsessed with it. Yeah. I'm, you know, you should be. And the fact that we haven't said anything about it on the podcast the entire we've time. we've talked about it right before recording and right after recording. Yeah, many times many since times. you found out. It's, uh, dude, I can't. Just know how to keep your fucking mouth shut. I know. I I cannot wait to be a dad, man. I have, you know, I've been doing a lot of thinking uh, about what I want to bring into the world. You know, I, I learned about how the etymology of the term parent is to bring forth. Like, it's like... You're, it's, you're bringing something forth into the world, you know hmm. what I mean? And so I've been doing a lot of thinking with, um, have we ever talked about eulogy virtues? Nope. Have we ever talked about that before? Like, back to what we were talking about social media, a lot of people on social media focus on what might be called resume virtues, which are the lines on a resume or the like the thing like all the things about you that that make you cool in your mind the things hmm. the things that you want to like sell yourself on to people like i'm you know i've got a nice car and i've got a hot wife and i've got a great job and i travel the world and i have this interesting exciting life right that's, that would be a resume virtue okay or like or like a you know we'll call it like a profile virtue Eulogy virtues are more like 
how you want to be remembered by the people in your life, right? And so when I think about my son. My son. I, I, I love, dude, and that's, what, that's what I call him into, when I talk into Sarah's belly and stuff like that. My son. I'm like, I'm like hello, my son. How's it going, my son? How are you, man? Um, that's cool. Yeah, and just like, so eulogy virtues are basically like, when I think about what I want to bring forth into the world, I think about what I want him to say at my funeral. Hmm. You know, how I would want... We have talked about this. I would want... How I would want my son to remember me. Like, I imagine my son up at the podium at my funeral and him saying, my dad was blank. And so I try to conduct myself in life from that set of standards and virtues. Hmm. So that when he is born, I will communicate those things to him. I will instill those values and virtues in him. I will, you know, guide and support him and, and grow as he grows and on and on and on. And with the end result in mind. If that makes sense. No, it definitely makes sense. That's great. It's what you should do. It's what yeah. people should be doing. So it's take the best of and pass it on. It's um uh I will say that there has definitely been a lot of um kind of up in the air wondering what's gonna happen with my career in music. You know? I mean Well no, I mean Ty's got two kids uh-huh. and Ty makes it work, but Ty also has to be very deliberate with his time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a lot. He's had to miss a couple tours. Mm-hmm. And there is a, a... He hasn't missed any albums. He hasn't missed any albums. And there's been a noticeable difference in, um, you know, what he's been able to do since he had kids. Mm-hmm. However, I also think... I'm going to try it a thousand miles away. Well, See how that works. Well, and but, and this is something that we've talked about, and I said this to you guys at the last rehearsal that we had together. I have a twenty-year plan for this band. Whoa! You know what I mean? Wait, like including the twenty that's already been spent? I've yeah, got twenty more years. Twenty more years. Like I so will forty-year plan. I will do this as long as you guys want to do it, and. One of my main goals in life, like a milestone that I kind of have as a guiding star, is to one day be able to take our kids on tour with us. Oh, we've talked about that. Yeah, about like having them work different jobs and stuff like that. Like like the rule that I would want to make with our band is like, okay, kids, here's the rule. When you're 18, you can come on tour with us to Europe. Unfortunately, you can't do it in the U.S. till you're 21, but... You can come on tour with us in Europe when you're 18. But here's the catch. You got to work. But here's the catch to that is the job that you can that you do can be anything that you want it to be. Whatever you're good at, like your job on the like if like, let's say you have a kid who's really into photography, right? Come on the tour and take all the pictures. Or you have a kid who's, like, really good at the drums. Come on tour and be the drum tech. How about we get a kid, your kid's going to be a really good singer, and then we'll just kick you out of the band. <laughs> go on and just be manager. We'll have some hot, young fucking hey, singer. Hey, that's an idea. Take him, we can take him and have him open, 
Uh, and middle support will be uh, the blind staggers and head trauma. How about that? <laughs> <And> head trauma. <laughs> head trauma goes first. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Brian. it's... Um, so, yeah, so, it, or even if you have a kid who, like, all they want to do is play around on social media, it's like, great, come on tour, and you're going to run the band's social media accounts while we're out there. You're going to be, like, that is something I look forward to. And I think where a lot of bands get into trouble and where they're, like, you hear about how, like, oh, wives and kids ruin bands. Like, they break up bands. I think that stereotype exists because of the fallacy of reasoning that people have that, like, if you don't do X with your music career by a certain age or by age X, then you failed and you should hang it up. There are a lot of people who think that way. But when I think about our band, I think of it, and especially when I think about you and me making music, I think about it as something that we're going to do forever. You know what I mean? Until one of us dies... There's some debate over who that's going to be. You smoke cigarettes, but but I ride a bicycle. You're going to so. get hit by a car on your stupid bicycle being all healthy. Yeah. Not, well, that that's another thing. Is like I've become a lot more mindful about, and I've read this a lot in, in, in books about fatherhood, about suddenly when you have a kid on the way, you a lot of dads report becoming better drivers. <laughs> and becoming more safe and giving up hobbies that might endanger them. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, Sarah's really on my ass to get health insurance and life insurance and, and all these things. And I, and I want them. You know what I mean? And, like, well, now you need them. thinking about investments and thinking about getting out of debt. Like, all these things. It's like a switch clicks. And, yeah. But one thing that has remained constant is it's like this idea of having a kid— and having this person that I am going to, let's be real, be responsible for for the rest of my life, you know, yeah. not just till they're 18, for the rest of my life, I'm going to be responsible for that person. Um, something about that has expanded my depth of field with relationship to the band. There you go. You know what I mean? It's starting, it's starting to click. <laughs> You know what I mean? What do you mean it's starting starting to click? It's starting to click for you. You're fucking totally driven, and and you're, like, totally the hardest working guy in show business, really, you know? But I also, also, up until finding out about this kid, had a lot more anxiety about it. Mm -hmm. And and the need to make it happen by five-year plan, you know what I mean? And now it's becoming a 20-year plan because it's like... What's the hurry? <laughs> What's the hurry? Uh, a career is a lifetime. You know what I mean? It's, and it's, so when I look when I look at the numbers and I'm making those social comparisons that I talked about earlier, mm-hmm. I'm like it's easier for me now to go who cares? You know, really who cares? I have fun making music with my friends. I have fun doing my silly little podcast with my buddy. I'm going to have fun Raising this kid, you know, I'm going to, I like, and then one day when I'm hopefully very, very old, the lights will go out. But until that point, I'm just going to have so much fun doing these things. Yeah, just enjoy yourself. You know what I mean? And it's, that is definitely Enjoy yourself, but prepare as well. Yeah. Well, one of the ways, one of the ways that I'm preparing, and and Sarah and I aren't necessarily, um, uh, together on this, 
But uh, I'm really getting into the study of rye parenting. Do you know what that is? Nope. Okay, so rye parenting is basically parenting, but it's darker and a little bit more bitter, and it goes great with corned beef and Swiss cheese. Personally, I like a mix of the lighter and the dark, which I call marble rye parenting. Sorry, bad joke. Jesus Jesus Christ. No, rye parenting is all about, rye parenting is this approach that's all about, like, you treat your kid like a conscious human human being, like a fully formed consciousness. And basically you would treat them the same way you would treat an older person, a full-grown adult, who didn't have access to their limbs and lost the ability for speech. Like, it's about treating your kid with respect and instead of, like, baby talking to them and and presenting uh, inauthentic personalities to them, like acting happy when you're not happy. Okay. Or, or, you know, it's more about just, like, talking straight to them and and being silly, you know, but doing so in a way that's like, that's like, hey, it's silly time. We're being authentic and silly, but being, like, telling your kid about your day. When you're, like, sitting there cha- changing their diaper, being like, wow, today was a real bear, kid. I got to tell you, it was crazy, blah, blah, blah. Like, talking to them like you would talk to a good friend. Hmm. And it's, it, dude, it's, it's. It's a little out there. I imagine a lot of people do that. It's it, well, there, but there's a whole philosophy surrounding it, and there's a bunch of different books about it. And it's about, it's really about looking at your kid um, less as like some uh, like ignorant subhuman, <laughs> which kind of dude, which kind of is the way people talk to babies. It's just like yes. Yes, you do. Oh, yes, you do. <laughs> just like, like, they understand things. They just haven't learned to speak yet, and they yeah. haven't learned to walk yet. Like you can, like you can teach a kid to use the toilet right out of the womb, but they don't have legs and they don't have arms, and their wieners aren't formed all the way. So they, you know, but they. They don't like peeing on themselves. They don't like shitting themselves. They yeah, that's a natural thing. You know, they can. Um, you can teach babies sign language. Do you ever see that? Uh, no. Meet the parents with fucking uh, Robert De Niro and and yeah, yeah. Uh, Ben Stiller. They Finally. had the thing where Baby Jack spoke sign language. Like that's a real thing. Like you can communicate with babies via sign language because they can communicate with the hand motions before they can communicate with verbal speech. Hmm. Like. They just they just haven't developed the skill set yet, but it so anyway so it's I'm like preparation wise I'm like cramming like I'm going for a fucking PhD in something dude yep just reading tons of books and like learning tons of stuff and watching tons of documentaries and just like I think you're glowing dude I'm fucking thrilled man like I'm good I'm so fucking happy and I never thought. I never thought I would want kids. You know, there was always a part of me. You've said you did for a long time. There was always a part of me that, like, there was something of a duality, you know what I mean? There was this There was this part of me that would be like, you know, I don't ever want kids. And it was because, and it came from this point of, like, fear and, and inadequacy and, like, not wanting it because I thought I would do a bad job. Mm. But in my heart, there's always been this, like, 
you know, I really think it, I think I'd like to be a uh, dad one day. And I, when I told Andy Burkaw, bass player from White Fudge, owner of the Ur- Oriental, shout out to Andy Burkaw. Um, when I told him originally that I didn't want kids, he was like, he was like, that's a real bummer, man. You'd be real good at it. And then when I called and told him that Sarah was pregnant, he like, he got all excited and he was like, he was like, that's fucking great, dude. I've always thought you would be a great dad. And and I remember when you were saying you didn't want him and I, I just thought that that was such a waste, you know? And uh, You're going to be good at it. I'm fucking excited. You're going to be really good at it. Oh, right, duh. Yeah. Yeah, man. Who do you think is going to be next? Uh, I don't know. Like in the band, who do you think is going to be next? Could be anybody. Is Laura pregnant? No, Laura's not pregnant. <laughs> not that I'm aware of. Not that you would say on the podcast either. You'd be like, by the way, we need to go back and edit that out. <laughs> oh, dude, me and my me and my big fucking mouth, dude. I got in I got in so much trouble. Because I told you. Yeah. I told and then I told the rest of the guys. And you told your coworkers before that. See, that is the thing, too, is like. So this is where it got messed up. All right. So we agreed we weren't gonna tell anybody. And then I see Sarah's mom, like, the next day, and Sarah's mom's like, you excited there, Papa? And da 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 I'm like, oh, so it's okay to tell the people who are closest to us. Mm-hmm. So then I turned around and I told you guys, and I was kind of talking about it at work because I needed to, like, find out about insurance and stuff like that. And uh. Not everybody at work had found out, but a couple people at work. And then I would mention it to customers because they were people I knew I would never see again. Gotcha. You know what I mean? But then I still kind of kept it from the second ring of the circle, you know? But when I told you guys, you went home. It, well, you didn't. But the rest of the guys went home and told their wives. And I come home from practice, and Sarah's just sitting on the couch just mad at me. Yep. And I saw, I saw that stupidity going down as it came out of your mouth. I was like, <laughs> well, there it goes. And then, <laughs> oh boy. Well, but I came home and she's already mad at me after I like just told everybody. And, uh, and she goes, why am I getting text messages from Becky, uh, uh, Becky, Amber, and Jesse all within like 15 minutes of each other? Did you tell the guys? And then, you know, of course. It was a big reason why I didn't tell anybody. Is because I knew it would upset Sarah. Yeah, that's it. Well, you're Tony. We've been over this. You're a better person than I am. <laughs> Sarah, Sarah, Sarah wanted to keep it to herself until she was in the clear and didn't want to jinx anything. Even though I don't really think she believes in that, but uh, she just didn't want it. And that's that's why I no, didn't tell her. No, no. And I totally get it. And and the the thing is, is that I was I wasn't respecting her preferences. And not only that, but the fact that I thought it was the the fact that I responded by downplaying and trivializing her response, that's like, you don't care about my preferences and you don't care that it upsets me. Yeah. And that was a hard lesson to learn. You know what I mean? I'd like to say I've learned it now. I guess you'll know for the next game. Yeah, I guess I'll know for the next one, right? (laughs) Which, by the way, she's already like, two. We're doing two. We're having two of these. And I'm like, let's get the first one out already. And then she's like, no, two. Especially when we found out it was going to be a boy. You know? (laughs) Because she wants, she wants a little girl real bad. Laura's prone to twins. Is she? Mm-hmm. Like in her family? There's twins in her family? Her dad's a twin. Oh, that's right. Her mm-hmm. dad is a twin. Well, it, it like, so... I think there's twins on her well, mom's side, too. I, I got to tell you this, though. I got to tell you this. So I'm next sure week that. at practice, I go to Ty, and I'm like, 
I'm like, Ty, dude, what the fuck, man? He went home and told Jesse. And he's like, of course I went home and told Jesse. He's like, I'm married, yeah. He's like, he's like I'm married. I tell yeah. her everything. I tell my wife everything. And I'm like, dude, well, I had to sleep on the couch, man. He's like, how was it? I'll bet it was great. <laughs> nice to get a little, little time to yourself, wasn't it? He's like, enjoy it while you can, Dad. <laughs> no. Laura wasn't super upset at me. She, she, she understood right away. So it's boop to boop time. Boop to boop. Yeah, we're we're actually gonna do the news now. Uh, oh, first of all, just went uh, to the studio. On... How'd it go in the studio? How did it go in the studio? Well, I know you all are wondering. Um, it went well. I saw some of the video of um, Will playing the organ. So Will Will did a great job. That was Will did a great awesome. job. He did that some really great. cool stuff. We threw in some. Uh, some mug synthesizer. I loved what he did on Equilibrium. That was really cool. So cool, man. He re- he really did a great job. He um he did some good stuff kind of on the fly. In fact, I went ahead and just sent him uh, a link to the Dropbox. I was like, if you have any other ideas, you know, we'd love to ha- to to hear them. Brad even told him if he's got an interface at home, right. he can just send more stuff. So that was really cool. Um, I did get front lines of good times done. Sounds really cool. I did get Be Cool done. I might want to go and redo that. And uh, That's good. I'm glad you did that. But I am sad to report that the project formerly known as Camel Toe remains called Camel Toe. Oh, man. Because version number six. Didn't make the cut? Didn't make the cut, man. I, I started doing some passes at it. We're and, supposed to get together so we can do some rewrites. Yeah. And, and so we did some passes through it, and Brad goes, wow, that's a lot of words. Yeah. And he goes, he goes, man, I got to tell you, I think you got to go back to the drawing board with this one. Like, that's one thing I really love about Brad. From Evergroove Studio in Evergreen, California. Evergreen, Colorado. California. California. No, uh... I think, yeah, be cool. I'm glad you're redoing as well. Yeah, I, um... You can make them songs. That's great. I'm glad to hear it. What do you mean, be cool? What do you mean? What's wrong with be cool? We'll, we'll talk about it later. It's part of the rewrites. Really? You want to do rewrites on be cool, too? A little bit. Yeah? Yeah. Hmm. We'll talk before you go up there. All right. We, we got time. All right. So if, what Tony's saying is he doesn't like what I wrote. <laughs> that's that's like that's like when your boss goes, okay, so I wanted to circle back around with some feedback for you. <laughs> no, it's not. Translation. It's like you're fucking up and you're pissing people off. You're not pissing people off. Yeah. Just pissing me off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, you're fucking up and you're pissing me off. Yeah. Instead, instead, people don't say that anymore. They use softeners like, like, so I wanted to give you some feedback about your performance today. Yeah. I mean, mean, you know how my feedback would sound. Pretty, yeah. pretty straightforward and dry. Yeah, it's like, I don't know, man. It's just not good. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's a pretty good impression. Yeah. Why don't you eat a muffin? While, Ty, while Ty's, really, Ty's really good about that, too. What, yeah. You don't want to hear me eat a muffin? Oh, no. No. Mm. So anyway... December 8th at Lost Lake? Oh, no, hold on. So, <laughs> December 6th, Parker's going in the studio. He's going to knock out one of his songs, get some more things done. Mm. Oh, cut that out. Mm. Ah, December 19th, I'm going to go back up there with a... Um, Nasty motherfucker. Ah, I'm going to go back up there and do another session. So, 
th- there's still some work to be done on the front lines of good times, but we are still on track to um, to have a release party here in the spring at some point. Uh, that that's going to be that show's going to be huge. Rodeo Star Records. That's uh, that's going to be very cool. Our label out of based out of Hamburg, Germany. Uh, it's time for us to start putting that work together for the stage. So, yeah, so we're putting together a big stage show for the uh, for the release party. So stay tuned for that. Also, dude, um, I just got together with Josh Finley mm-hmm. recently, and uh, we started going over the the layout of the album. And we've got this really cool idea of like, basically, I'm going to present the uh, the three albums in the series uh, in some very cool ways. So the first one, because the first book is kind of about the battle of the Outlands between these two like warring um, warlord tribes. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have the packaging of the album look kind of like a road journal. Like, you remember how we used to have a tour book that we would go in and do stuff? And there's going, the main piece of artwork in it that Josh is going to do is I'm going to have him do a map, essentially. Like, you know how, like, if you, like, look into some fantasy novels or, like, they'll give you a map of what the universe kind of looks like? I definitely know what you're talking about. So we're going to take, like, a real road map and Josh is going to draw locations onto the road. Like now. Castlevania One. Like Castlevania One. Totally like Castlevania One. Very good. Thank you, Tony. Um, yeah. So we're doing a lot of really cool stuff with that. Uh, but then the second book is going to be because that one's more about the battle between us and the the like big scary like evil empire that's yeah. running things. That one's going to be presented more like a dossier from like like a secret secret government right. like dossier sort of thing. And then the third Complete one with Manila envelope. Yeah, totally. The third oh, that's a great idea. And then the third one will be presented like a um, like one of one of the narrative devices, one of the items that keeps showing up in the story is is gonna be like the, this big book. And it's gonna be this big old book. So the third album is then gonna look like kind of like this like ancient worn right. like old book. So yeah, it's a uh, bound by leather. He's he's super excited about it. He uh, he's getting hard to work at it, uh, hard at work on it. And man, I can't wait to see it. December eighth, we're playing at Lost Lake with Fist Fight, Hydroform, and uh, Smith's Grove has been added to that show. Tickets are on sale on our website and uh, lostlake.com. Uh, also coming up, we're happy to announce our show with Granny Tweed. Hell yeah. Because we talked about this when Gordo was in the studio. December 15th, we're going to we be playing. We talk off the air, and we did, and now we have the show. Yeah, now it's happening. So December 15th at Surfside 7 in Thank Fort God Collins, he was here. Colorado. Um, the poster for that is so cool. Yeah, it you is. See, it's a little zombie girl eating the hand. That one's great. That's another Finley piece, isn't it? Yeah, that is a Finley piece. It's got to be great uh, having Josh Finley in your band because he can draw all your posters. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, let's see. January 26th, we're playing with Han- Hank Von Hell, former singer of Turbo Negro. Uh, we're, uh, he's going to be joined by Against the Grain, which are buddies of ours from Detroit, Michigan. 
Um, and us and uh, the Dirty Few is on yeah, that one. So that's, that's a good lineup. That's a banging lineup. Make sure to uh, go to the Oriental Theater's website to get your tickets to that. That is going to be a sweet-ass show. Um, great way to kick off the new year. Uh, like I said, release in the spring. Plus, um, stay tuned for a special offer we're going to be dropping. Patreon has started doing this new feature um, called Special Offers, where basically you can do... Um, you can offer like kind of a limited time special offer to your patrons and to the public to get like more people interested in the page. And so what I'm going to do for that is um, I'm going to do a, uh, a VIP seating area at the Oriental with like round top tables and comfortable seats. That's and, cool. You know what I mean? So people, people our age and older, they like to be able to sit down. I do. Yeah, dude. I I almost don't want to go to a show if I like. It depends on the band. I've had back problems since I met you, like literally since the day before I met you. Hmm. Because oh, because you I got in that skate, that skate accident. accident. Yeah. Yeah. So the day before I met Tony, um, we were playing in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I was drunk. I don't know how to skateboard, by the way. I should just probably let people know that. Like, I suck at it. I've got a big head on a tiny little twig body. Logan says I'm built like a blow pop. Like, I have like I have poor balance. I walk fucking bow-legged. Like, I've got no business no. on a skateboard. And I was drunk at the time. And uh, we used to make our own tour laminates. And I was all drunk. And I was like, oh, I left the lamp, my laminate over at Casey's house down the street. I'll better go back and get it. Jerry, let me borrow your skateboard. And I took Jerry's skateboard and I bombed down this hill over by like 35th and Hennepin in, in uptown Minneapolis. And it was a super steep hill. And instead of carving the hill, I just bombed straight down. Yep, I've heard this one. And I got the speed wobbles super bad and I went flying off the skateboard. I rolled. This guy stopped his car, got out, and yelled, somebody call an ambulance. <laughs> And then I stood up and I went, no, I'm fine. I'm all right. You don't need to call anybody. And I limped back to the show. Well, you saw me the day after that. Didn't you have stitches in your head? I didn't have stitches in my head, but I was covered in scabs and just like had gnarly road rash. And it, dude, it fucked up my I back. I can't remember like a big fucking slit in your head. Like they No, just back. I just had a big like, like just a big scab on my head. Oh. Um, so yeah, and because of that, I have lifelong sciatica, like my back has been fucked up ever since. And that's why I like to have a place to sit down whenever <laughs> I go to a show. Dude, seriously, like if I, if there's no place for me to lean, it's like, I, I don't even, I can't go. Sorry. I can't stand that long. Um, yeah. Come on. So that's, that's going to be coming up. Um, what else? What else? What else? What else? Oh yeah. Uh, European tour talks. For the fall. For the fall. Stay tuned for that. It's going to coincide our release of The Front Lines of Good Times Part 1. Also, dude, I was thinking that we should, instead of calling it The Front Lines of Good Times Part 1, Part 2, and Part 3, we should do, like, the Lord of the Rings thing and have, like, You're not selling the it. secondary titles. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, the two towers. Let's call it Star Wars. This, like a Star Wars thing. Yeah, like Return, no, I'm on board. All right. All right, all right. Like Return all of the Jedi right. and Empire yeah, Strikes Back yeah, absolutely. and Attack of the Clones. You lost me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Um, what about The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? Or A Wrinkle in Time? No? Oh, yeah. No, that'll work. No. Um, what are you, in the fourth so, grade? So, uh... 
the Super Bowl is like early February, late January. Right. I'm going to be gone. I'm going to go to Chicago during then. You think the Bears are going to the Super Bowl? Now, here's what's happening. So uh, I'm not going home for Christmas this year. Me and Laura are going to do it just, mm-hmm. to, just to ourselves here in Denver. But um, the family is going to get together. Uh, both families get together like, I don't know, sometime within the month. And we're t- talking about when we're going to do all that. And we have all these shows. And me and Laura said, well, it would be really shitty if we missed if, – if the Bears went to the Super Bowl and we missed it. So we're putting that dinner right around the Super Bowl time. You're going to plan to go – Just in case. If the Bears do make it to the Super Bowl, we have to be home for it. But if they don't, you'll then still we'll have a pretty good party. Yeah. Well, I mean – Worst case scenario, you'll have an awesome party at Jerry Matula's house. No, no, no. Well, there's that too. But, I mean – at the very least, we're still going to have the family dinner together that that's, we're going to do anyway. That's really cool. It's fucking smart. That's a very Midwestern thing to do, by the way. Just in case. The, it's like, the bears yeah, are we're not going to be able to make it back for Christmas this year, but, uh, you know, if we could swing it, we're going to try and get back for the Super Bowl. Well, the Super Bowl, granted, the bears are in the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, I'm going to go ahead and plan ahead just, just in case the bears win. Now, the Rams look pretty good. The Saints look pretty good. But uh, the Bears, you know, they could go all the way. You know, I haven't anybody, watched any a single Bears, Broncos game this season. That's because Broncos suck, man. They, they, yeah, they're terrible this year. They've been they've been on like. But here's the other thing: is I work at a brunch spot. They just won yesterday, so they're like always on the TV while I'm working. But I'm fucking working. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I mean, I guess that's been the case. Me and Laura went over to Fatty and Nini's house, and they had the outdoor set up with the uh, TV and like a fire pit and. It was, uh, and then made green chili, and Laura made cowboy caviar, and we sat around. And, uh, What's cowboy caviar? It's like a salsa kind of thing. It's like black beans and corn and green peppers. and That right there is some cowboy caviar. That's what the fuck the recipe name is or whatever. But it's just salsa. I've never heard of it. Hmm. Perhaps it's because I'm busy eating regular caviar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not affluent enough to know but what regular where caviar Where I'm from, we call that bait. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, hey, uh, I was talking to Gene Skibbons today, and I'm going to put this announcement out there. We are looking for a local Denver uh, producer. Somebody wants to come help us put out the show every week. Oh, what happened? We need help with it. No, no, no. Skib still wants to be involved. He's like, what Skib said is he's like, you guys really need a mini-me there in Denver. <laughs> you know, to to be able to, uh, or basically we just need a Gene Skibbins clone to be right. out here in Denver to, like, run the the board, right. to, but to, to like to come like run some headphones for us and and help us to be able to do the commentary in a more professional way. We got the goddamn mics. We might as well have someone who can like help us kind of produce the 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 show on this end. Well, and then have Skibs kind of mix it. You know what I mean? Edit it and mix it. The hardest it. thing is relying on people. That's why there's only two of us. On that note. You'll, you'll notice we didn't do a podcast last week because mm-hmm. it's and I was, I, was, out of town. I was yeah I was telling Skibs I was Are like you out of town no but but what happened to Logan <laughs> well no here's what happened is like I the day of I hit up Ty I hit up Ty and Logan and I'm like hey guys I'm here at Nug Nation let me know um, if you're showing up and then Ty oh I did see you know that. Ty of know. course was just flat out like I'm 
probably not going to make it. I've got kids, and Jesse's not going to be home till later. Like, yeah. he had a dad reason. Yeah. Right? And then Logan, in a truly classic Logan move, <laughs> goes... <laughs> because that was the day we found out that uh, that we were having a boy. It was the day that we got the test, and Logan goes, "Why don't we?" He goes, "He goes. I was thinking about it, but why don't we just take it off this week, Papa? I think we could all use a day off." <laughs> it's like, like he tried to make it like he's like, "I'll give you a day off. How about that?" It's like basically. What, what, now, what was behind that was it's cold and it's shitty, and I'm lazy and I don't want to go anywhere. But Logan's really good about, like, selling it, you know, selling, not doing stuff. I want to say I was in the car. I was in the van driving back to Chicago. Yeah. So we didn't do an episode last week because you are the most reliable person I know. <laughs> so if we could find the you equivalent of, of like, Me and Skids producer. will have a lot of fun when I'm in Chicago. Yeah. I have a feeling it'll be me and him on one side and you and... We, yeah, I mean, we just need to get some. I know Eric Lips was talking about doing it. Um, oh, that's Kim. But, yeah, so if you're interested, hit yeah. us up at MFRuckusInfo. And, and if you don't do anything on Monday between, like, 3.30 and 6, 4, yep. 4 and 6. Hit us up. If you got a – we can't pay you anything, but it'll be a lot of fun. We'll make lots of good jokes. Once in a while, I'll uh, – if I stop on the way, I'll bring you a Dr. Pepper. Yeah, you did bring me a Dr. Pepper. We talked about that already. I do that often. If I, but you actually if, brought me quite a few Dr. Peppers. If, if I, I stop, stop, right? I need the smokes. Right. Um, let's see. I'll fly. So yeah, we it? are. Yeah, we're looking for producers. So uh, all right, let's get on to the sponsorship zone. Yeah. What do you say about that? Before we get into the commentary here, let's give a shout out to our sponsors, Matula Plumbing. Matula! This Plains, Illinois. Uh, shit rolls downhill, don't be at the bottom. <laughs> Your yeah, number two is our number one on. priority. Your shit. Our bread and butter. Master of Poopers, <laughs> Matula Plumbing in Des Plains, Illinois. Uh, say hi to Jerry and tell him the boys sent you. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, you know what I was thinking I should do this week is I should actually read the copy that our sponsors post on their own websites for their advertisement instead of just making stuff out. So, um, first of all, Evergroove Studio. Evergroove Studio is an affordable, full-service audio recording studio in the mountains just west of Denver, Colorado. We have combined professional designed rooms, high-quality recording equipment, and a love of all things audio to provide a creative and comfortable environment for all your recording needs. Whether you need overdubs, drum tracks, a full album, or just a room to record in, Evergroove can help you meet your dreams and stay within your budget. Evergroove is one of the rare studios in Colorado, offering rooms designed by a professional studio architect, a Pro Tools HD3 recording system, a wide variety of outboard gear and microphones, and a cozy private retreat-like setting within one hour of Denver. Evergroove Studios. Call now and tell Brad and Jenny the boys sent you. <laughs> Flipside Music. Flipside Music, new and used guitar, basses, amps, and effects. Break away from the big box stores. At Flipside Music, we sell, a we sell and service a great selection of new and used guitars, basses, amplifiers, and pedal effects. The largest selection in Denver. 
We proudly carry ba- brands like Fender amplifiers, Squire guitars, Dr. Z amplifiers, Reverend guitars, Earthquaker devices, GNL guitars, Strymon Walrus, Audio, Takamine guitars, Takamine, Takamine guitars, and much more. Uh, yeah, man, I love Flipside music. I love Flipside music. Free continental, wait, free shipping in the continental USA on all gear. Oh, that's really cool. That's really good for a dry read. Yeah, that was, well, we'll go with take two. Subscribe to our newsletter. Get the, wait. <laughs> all right. You can, uh, give, you can give it a shot let's next see. time. Why don't you take the day off? Rocket Space Rehearsal Studios. Rocket Space offers 15 fully equipped hourly rehearsal studios to fit your practice schedule. All studios include drums, PA system, and microphones, two guitar amps, and a bass amp. Clean, secure, climate controlled, available 24 hours, and fast Wi-Fi. The official rehearsal studio of motherfucking ruckus and every other band in denver rocket space rehearsal studios check them out and tell kate the, the boy sent you let's see um well no i won't open my private browser because we know what that's going to show uh the nug nation <laughs> the best homegrown comedy in years ounce for ounce the funniest show on ever the fun. Oh, oh man, you lost it. You, you, Wait, no. You, what was it? It you was read other people's stuff, and you lost it. Hold on. It was. It, yeah. See, that's what happened. That's what I wasn't flexing the right part of my brain. Right. It, no, it's the best homegrown comedy in years. Ounce for ounce. The, wait, ounce for ounce. The best homegrown comedy in years. There it is. All right, go take five. Yeah. The Nug Nation. Uh, we're here at the Nug Nation Studios. That's where we recorded the podcast, dude. They are. They're working on so much cool stuff. Our new episode, Wherefore Out There, Where. For, for art thou, thou cow. wherefore art cow? Oh yeah, rolls off the tongue. Yeah, wherefore art cow? There That's it is. Wherefore art Go cow? Go take five again. Uh, is going to be coming out soon. Check it out on the nugnation And of course, big shout out to our patrons, the people who back us on patreoncom ruckus. Patreon subscribers get access to exclusive content. Early sketches from the comic book, unreleased music and demos, and early access to our motherfucking Monday series, early access to this podcast, all sorts of basically everything we can think of to give to them. Uh, they get all of it in exchange for a small recurring monthly contribution. Um, and it really goes such a long way. Uh, I, I can't thank you guys enough. It's really incredible what we're able to do thanks to your your contribution and your support. So thank you so much to them. Now it's commentary time, and this week I'm going to go for gasoline. You're going to go for gasoline. Yeah. Why All not? right. Why not? Cool. This is off. I'm sure we've done it, but I don't give a shit. This Let's is off it. the uh, the Thieves of Thunder album. Uh, it's called Gasoline for My Party Machine. And this one, this was one of the last songs. So when we did Thieves, and I've mentioned this before, when we did Thieves, that was kind of a composite of songs that were written during, before, during, and after the transition yeah. of, of Tay and Jerry leaving and Parker joining the band. Right. So, like, there's some of it which was written... Um, just before those guys left the band, some stuff that was written as they were leaving the band, nope. some stuff that was written when Parker came on board, and and since then, 
And Gasoline for my party machine was one of the ones that we wrote. Um, we wrote that with Tay and Jerry because uh, we wrote that in the old rehearsal space over at uh, at Tate and Sammy's. Yeah. And um, I, I got to tell you, it's interesting because I just I just scheduled um, Fiends for Excess by your band, by Road Crew. Yeah. I just scheduled Fiends for Excess, the motherfucking Monday video, to post next week. So I posted it to the patrons this week. And it got me thinking about this song because the way I wrote it lyrically was very much inspired by the way your brother Damien did did lyrics. Mm. Like, um, uh, it was it was really inspired by the way that he he wrote Fiends, where it was all about kind of doing that motor mouth vocal style. It's like you know that type of that kind of cadence. Okay. So uh, so yeah. I guess this uh, this song is about doing drugs. Is it? Yeah, it's about cocaine. I thought it was about gas. Here we go. Three, two. One play. I like Ty with the egg shaker. <laughs> the little egg shaker and oh, yeah, yeah. You know what's funny to me is we insist on our drummer playing percussion. Yeah, I mean, like, really. You don't have to. Like, really, any of us could probably do it. But we know that Ty will be able. He's to He's also do the guy that plays the click. Yeah, so he's yeah. he's he's better. Yeah, he should be. Anyway. But it's just like, but we're like we're insistent on Ty playing the egg shaker, you know, or insistent on Ty doing the tambourine. How long have we been opening up our set with this damn song? This is the best song off that record. This is the hit off that record. The hit compared to some. Actually, when Goldberg, when we recorded this, and the original release, we had Thieves of Thunder as the intro because it was the title track. Yeah. And Goldberg told us over and over again, he was like, people love this song. You should make that the first track. Is it the first track? It is now. It is on the Rodeo Star reissue. Yeah, it is. Yeah. On the Rodeo Star reissue, we, we changed the, uh, the song order. Very road for us song. Oh, it's heavily inspired by you guys. Sounds Call like them fair weather friends, but that them's the type of friends that a guy like me likes best. Huh. That sounds like some road crew shit too. <laughs> you can call it inner strength that you found. I call it mediocrity. It's basically like, you don't party? Fuck you, man. You don't like to do drugs? You're boring. <laughs> that's what that line means. Or no, what is it? It's, that's a great solo. Playing the same shit since I was 16. <laughs> Gotta do what works, man. 
See, I felt I felt this was too dry. We were talking about vocal production stuff. Oh. That's too dry. You're going to have to get over that. That's so long gone now. Pretty sure that computer's in a dumpster somewhere. <laughs> Along with the masters, you know. While you're fixing up your life the way you, you want, want it, to. I'm fixing I'm for fixing a heart attack. What's really funny about this song is when I wrote it, like when I wrote the lyrics, it was all coming from this perspective of like, yeah, you got your shit together, okay? Oh, we're oh, all impressed. You're so great because you're fucking getting your life together. Amazing. Well, fuck you. My life's more interesting because I do drugs and party and stuff. And now? And then like literally months after we recorded this. I stopped drinking and started getting all into fucking, like, personal growth and, like, following fucking, like, new agey gurus and shit like that. Still sounds pretty good, man. It's a great song. Well, that was, uh, Gasoline for my party machine. Off the Thieves of Thunder album. Off the Thieves of Thunder album. Mmm. God, these are good mini muffins. I could eat. Would you this, cut it. Out I could with eat eating? this whole box of mini muffins. Uh, well, Tony, we just did an episode. We just did an episode. Oh, before we go, the homies. Be, 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 well, no, before we go, um, right. Let's talk about this threatened thing. Oh yeah, threatened. What a great, what a great story. Yeah. Do you know so, this? Do you know the story? So yeah, I know. I know the story, but. And, and and man, if you're on the internet, you know the story. This thing was it was it's amazing. Been on every news network there is. Like this dude who fucking created a fake fan base. Like he just like he bought, bought his one. fan base, took a band on tour, mm-hmm. like made up a fake management company, fake agency, like totally just bullshitted and blustered his way awesome. onto a fucking European what a tour. Brilliant idiot. Yeah, man. And believe me, I get it, dude. Like, Would you go see them? Would you go see him? Would you go see Threaten if it came, if they well, came we, through? Well, we just talked about this. I would go for five minutes. You'd go for five minutes? I'd go to hear one song, and I'd be like, oh, I saw him. You know what I mean? It's like when people went to go see Vanilla Ice, and as soon as he played Ice Ice Baby, they left. You know what I mean? Yeah. They just wanted to be like, yeah, we went to the Vanilla Ice show last night. Like, I've heard his music. I don't think his music's anything to write home about. No. But he sure as shit has got everybody in the world of, of metal talking about his band. It's pretty cool. And his the sheer sucks. <laughs> dude, and the sheer volume though is um the sheer volume of attention that he got, he's probably already got more than our fan base just in the people who appreciate him for being a troll. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, just for the people who appreciate his fucking balls. You know what I mean? I think it's pretty badass. And it says a lot about what optics can do for a band. Gordo used that term a couple weeks ago. And, you know, the optics your marketing can do for a band. Yeah. Like, we were talking earlier. You went to this municipal waste show the other night, right? Yep. And, like, so much of what makes municipal waste cool is the optics of their band. Yeah. Now, they not are, to compare are, them to Threaten. They're, they're, yeah, they're not anything no, no, like no, that. No. They're, but, they're actually a good band. But he, so his, so like Threaten's uh, branding and optics 
are super lame, but he presented the like fake inflated numbers, right? Mm-hmm. And so he was able to do a lot with that. But then you look at like a band like Iron Maiden or a band like Municipal Waste or like our friends Speed Wolf, and so much of what makes those bands larger than life. Guar is another one. Mm-hmm. So much about what makes their optics or so much a kiss. So much about what makes their band larger than life is their is their fucking branding and their optics. Like people like a really cool looking package. And I feel like the main difference, besides the fact that obviously all of those bands have way better music than Threaten, um the difference is is that they have something substantial that um, that uh, uh, begets fan loyalty and fan like brand loyalty, like fans who like they want to wear that T-shirt, they want to fucking be a part of that universe, and it's like the music's awesome. But it's only part of what they're into it for. Someone like Jared Threaten, like, he went all image, almost no substance, and nothing to back it up. You know what I mean? And it'll be interesting to see what the long-term results are. And I don't think there'll be long-term results. No, it's going to be a flash in a pan thing for sure. I, I, that's, what I, that's what I feel it would be. But uh, just what a cool moment. Speaking of that municipal waste show, oh, I saw that. I saw that municipal waste show. Yeah, how and was it? It was good. Um, and actually, the one for the homies that I'm doing, it's not really—they're not homies of mine or anything. But the opening band was called Haunt, and they are fucking cool. So I'm just gonna close out the show with that. Cool. Well, this goes. Um, this goes out to the dudes from Haunt. This has been the motherfucking podcast. I'm Aaron. I'm Tony Leap. And thanks for listening, guys. Bursting the flame. All right. Ding dong.
You're listening to a Mutiny Transmission. You can find more podcasts, videos, books, comics, and records online at mutinyinfocafe.com. Or just stop in the store in Denver and have a coffee sometime. 